What If World is supported by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. What if kittens break the clock and Hey there, folks, and welcome back to What If World, the show where your questions and ideas inspire off-the-cuff stories. I'm Mr. Eric, your host, and today we're starting off with a question from a listener named Mark. And Mark got help from their parent to ask this question. So let's listen up. Hi, I'm Mark, and I love playing frisbee golf. And my what-if question is, what if butterflies could fly? Mark, I love frisbee golf, too. Although I haven't played it since I lived in New York. Oh, I'm getting old. Okay, anyway, our next question comes from Alex. Hi, my name is Alex, and I like knights. And my what-if question is, what if Fred the dog's tooth turned into a house and people were still living in it? Oh, knight armor has always been one of the coolest things in the world to me. And now whenever my child sees anyone wearing any kind of armor, they call them a knight, and I think that's entirely my fault. Okay, so we've got two great questions to work with. I only hope my story can live up to your awesome ideas. So let's find out. What if Fred the dog's tooth turned into a house and people were still living in it? And what if butterflies could fly? In our last story, Fred the dog was coaching a team called the Stripe Sox and What If World's Little League Baseball Championship game. Of course, Fred was rather nervous going into that game. One might even say he had butterflies in his stomach. Oh, and if you want to listen to that story, it's episode 252, What If Cat Hairballs Turned Into Lion Monsters? But I digress. We're back at the park with Fred the dog, bottom of the ninth, a giant hairball lion monster rounding the bases on an infield hit, and Fred the dog leaping up and down, butterflies fluttering in his stomach, and one of his old wobbly teeth getting looser and looser. Now we do brush Fred's teeth, and we've taken him to the dentist for five teeth removals, but they say he's just going to keep losing teeth no matter what we do. But I digress again. The giant cat hairball turned lion monster ran across home plate just ahead of the tag. The Stripe Sox had won. Fred was leaping for joy. One team celebrating, the other team commiserating. When? A group of dinosaur knights in shiny armor rode up. Well, I guess they didn't ride up because they're quadrupeds, so it's kind of like they're their own mounts. I have to stop digressing. Hey there, name's Paul Ankylosaurus. Pronouns he, him. Now I'm not an unreasonable dinosaur. I let you all finish your game. But this is a private golf course, and now it's time to go. This talking dinosaur looked different from the others. Instead of shiny armor, it wore a checkered sweater over a polo shirt and big puffy pants that cinched just below the knee. Not to mention a smart scally cap that tied in with that sweater vest. <laughs> Uh, okay, I hear it this time. Getting back to the story. Sounds like it's time for us to go, said JF Cat. And when he patted his old friend Fred the dog on the shoulder, that loose tooth gave one last wiggle and fell right out of his mouth. Bye, said the dinosaur in the old-timey golf outfit. Come back again. 
if you become members of our exclusive golf club and schedule a tea time. The dinosaur smiled charmingly and waved at the children as they walked away. Then he took his golf club, which was actually his club tail, and went to swing at what he thought was a golf ball. Whoa, what do we have here? said Paul, pausing in mid-swing. Looks like one of those ragamuffins left behind a tooth. Well, nothing to be done about it. Dinosaur Knights, please clean this tooth up and... Uh... But when Paul Ankylosaurus looked down, the little dog tooth had already gotten bigger. Huh, that's odd. The old dinosaur put on his spectacles and bent down for a closer look. And even as he bent, the tooth got bigger. Now it was up to his knee. And it was starting to change shape. A door had been hollowed out at the bottom. And little four-framed windows were forming along the top. And inside was a family of butterflies and their caterpillar babies. Well, hey there, butterflies. Name's Paul Ankylosaurus. I hate to interrupt your life cycle, but this is a private golf course. And I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. And while the big monarch butterflies did briefly flutter away from the sound of his voice, no one else appeared to pay him any mind. <laughs> Paul Ankylosaurus was beginning to feel a little bit frustrated, and his knights were feeling a little confused and shiftless. They started shuffling about. A few hummed nervously, and of course, being the knights of a famous old dinosaur crooner, they couldn't help but have rhythm. And Paul, well, he couldn't help but sing along. I don't know what you're doing here, but you cannot stay here. Please go away. It's my golf course, but you know, of course, yet you still don't listen. What are you missing? I'm the kind a dinosaur from the oldest money. Yes, you heard me, honey. No kids like you. You're on your own. You don't belong, so say so long. Please go, this is mine, it's none yours. You might not know where to live, it's not my problem, kid. Please go, don't stay, it's time for you to go away. Now I know this story has been nothing but digression so far, but I must digress one more time to tell you about the butterflies who were living in this tooth-turned house. Yes, as you probably guessed, they were the butterflies in Freddy's tummy. And yes, as you also probably guessed, they started out microscopically small. And yes, as you also also probably probably guessed, while they were small, time moved very quickly for them. For these baby monarch caterpillars, an entire week had already passed, and they'd spent the whole time munching on delicious milkweed grass. Which is a thing in What If World, so don't at me, you monarch entomologists. Now, one of the monopillars, which is short for monarch caterpillar, which I probably should have said instead of explaining what monopillar meant, but, but now it's going to be a time saver. Anyway, one of these monopillars was a very hungry monopillar indeed. Hungry for food, hungry for knowledge, hungry to be understood by their family of over a hundred siblings, hungry to be grown, and to get out of their fruddy tooth home and find a space all their own. And while Paul Ankylosaurus crooned his song, another two weeks went past during which this monopillar rested in their chrysalis, completing a total metamorphosis into 
a big, beautiful monarch butterfly. Now, a male monarch butterfly usually has a black spot on each hind wing, whereas a female has thicker black wing veins. However, in What If World, if you want to know the pronouns of a butterfly, you just have to ask. This butterfly went by she, her pronouns. And while she hadn't yet figured out her name, she knew she was finally ready to leave the house. Make way, make way, she said, pushing her way past a row of butterflies who were still drying their wings after they escaped from their chrysalides. Now I'm off to find some flowers and then a home of my own. Well, thanks, little monarch butterfly. I'm really glad you took the hint. Excuse me? What hint are you hinting at? Oh, just that your kind isn't welcome here. But come back when you're rich and can hold the golf club and you can play all the golf here you want. Within our limited tea times that mostly go to the older members. Oh, that sounds lovely. Mm. Well, listen to me. I just discovered sarcasm. Hey, no need to get snippy. Just find somewhere else to live, little kiddo. You may call me Madam until I figure out what my name actually is. Paul Ankylosaurus's smile slipped for a moment. Well, Madam, this golf course is right on the west side of New Watt City. I'm sure you'll be able to find a place to live nearby. <laughs> You ought to live near the West Side Golf Course. Are you some kind of king or queen? I am a monarch butterfly. Uh, I'm gonna put down no. It was Peter the Realtor, the butterfly known as Madam, had led her family to his office in hopes that he could find them some place to live. So, uh, what do you do for a living? We pollinate. You're salt of the earth types, I respect that. Do you even know what that means? Well, uh, salty earth uh, grows plants. No, it doesn't. Okay, well, how much money do you make each year? Money? We serve a vital function for the continuation of life on this planet. I'm going to put down zero dollars then. <clears throat> now you're in luck. We live in an imaginary world, so we can still find you a few beautiful places to live at your um, a particular price point. This place is a dump! Yes, indeed. The downwind dump, in fact. Only seven miles from that golf course you like. Best part is you're gonna have plenty of bugs for neighbors. And no flowers to pollinate. Next! Now here we have a pre-colonial building. This is a pile of rubble. And it's the future home of a Quizio's sub shop. Uh... But you can live here rent-free until they start construction. Is there any place else? Oh, how do you feel about some place that's uh, lightly haunted? No. Underwater? Not possible. Inside an active beehive? No. Active volcano? No. Active nuclear reactor? Could you please find us somewhere slightly less deadly? Oh, if it's less deadly or after, something just came to the market. And the family of butterflies found themselves sitting on the back of a golf cart as Petey the pirate drove out to a massive mansion in the middle of the west side golf course. Except this mansion appeared to be made out of ivory? Of course not ivory, Mr. Eric. What do you think, we're monsters? Oh, sorry, Petey. I... It's Peter, the realtor in this story. And this home is made out of something much rarer than ivory. Can you guess what it is? I know what it is, Mr. Eric. I'm the one renting I, I was talking to the listeners. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's made out of dog tooth. Petey. Peter. 
Yes, as it turned out, Peter the Realtor was driving them right back to the very place they were born. What is the meaning of this, Peter? Like I said, this place is just on the market. Beautiful, shining, spacious, with that new dog mouth smell. What's the catch? There's no catch. There are, however, several catches. You'll all just be living in a closet. Hmm. In the basement. Go on. And your job will be keeping the entire mansion clean. But there's no one else living here. Of course not, said Paul Ankylosaurus. It's my lovely new golf club manor. A handful of incredibly rich dinosaurs will come through each day and watch you beautiful monarch butterflies fly around in dust or whatever. That's it. I have had enough. And Madame flew right up to perch on Paul Ankylosaurus's nose. There's a whole city out there of people without housing or living in housing they can barely afford, playing inside parks that are 1,000 times smaller than your golf course. I know it's terrible, which is why I donate 1,000th of my income every year to the I'm Not a Hypocrite Fund, which goes towards something. <sighs> I see you cannot be reasoned with, so I'll just have a talk with your flora and fauna. My receptionists? They're very busy reserving tea times for the golf course. We're already booked ten years in advance. <laughs> and Madame flew out the door with her brothers and sisters and aging parents, all feeling tired and hungry and angry. Well, this is awkward. Yes, I'm not sure why you drove your golf cart in here. Well, technically, it's your golf cart, uh, but I see your point. And Peter turned around the golf cart and drove out of the Dogtooth Mansion, passing a handful of slow, dusty, ancient, grumpy-looking dinosaurs on his way out. Listen, I'm sorry, madam. I didn't realize you two had history. It's not your fault, Peter. Not directly, anyway. Uh... But if you want to help, there is something you could do. But I had a deal to rent out a few other properties for Mr. Ankylosaurus. Madame simply stared at Peter the Realtor. Or at least he assumed she was staring. It was kind of hard to tell with butterflies. You know what? I may need that money, but you need my help more. So what can I do? Get me a sheet of paper. He did. Now hold it out steady, brothers and sisters. Let's write a message. And in a complicated flutter and flap of wings, and a precise alignment of pheromones, undetectable by humans, the butterflies seem to write some kind of insect language letter. It's but a sign language, Mr. Eric. Oh, look, I just learned how to talk to the narrator. Yeah, by sassing me. That's usually how it goes. Now, Peter, I want you to drive around on your golf cart and show our letter to every tree in this golf course, and any animal you happen to pass by as well. Yar, it shall be done, Captain. It's Matriarch, said Madam Matriarch, knowing her name in that moment. Aye, aye, Madam Matriarch. It took Peter a couple of days to show this note all around the big golf course, but when he was finished, he couldn't find Madam Matriarch, so he went home. Ring, 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 ring. That's funny. I don't remember installing a landline on this pirate ship. Peter hadn't gotten any work as a realtor in the past week. But that wasn't his realtor phone that was ringing. Oh, oh, I've got to get my other wig. Er, hat. Peter put on a stripy cap and picked up the phone. 
Peter the Exterminator with my cruelty-free guarantee. I hope you're more competent than the last Peter I worked with. You see, I appear to have a pest problem on my golf course. Yeah, you don't say. I don't say it. I sing it. That's really not necessary. I'll take your word. Hit it, nights. I don't know what's going on. Trees are gone, took the bees along. Let me guess, lost your golf holes too. All your grass is ruined, but there's no one to sue. I need you here, scare the pests away. All of the golfers fear their course will disappear. Gotta cling to my money tight, it's my greatest power. I charge by the hour. Oh, please hurry, fix my problems for me. Can bear this worry, and could you do it for free? Be right there. Don't despair, I offer 10% off if it's a grizzly bear. But grizzly bears aren't native to this part of the world. Well, maybe you'll get lucky. (laughs) See you soon. Bring your checkbook. But I haven't actually told you who or where I am. Tis I, Peter the Exterminator. Nice to meet you for the first time. Paul Ankylosaurus of the Westside Golf Course. What do you think? Can you help me? Oh, sure, I've seen this a million times. Um, Let me just get a closer look from farther away. Huh? Where's your crow's nest anyway? Oh, I have a ladder. <laughs> Landlubbers. Peter climbed the ladder to the top of the Dog Tooth Mansion and looked out over the golf course. It was just as barren as Paul Ankylosaurus described, except that these paths of missing grass seemed to swerve and curve in a particular pattern. I don't believe me, I... Then Peter lifted his eye patch and moved his telescope to the other eye. I don't believe my other eye. It's a butterfly. What do you mean? We must go to the eye of the butterfly. It will be a perilous journey. Well, great. That's what I pay you for. Well, you haven't paid me anything yet. Oh, don't worry. I'll pay you if you live. Here, he got me with the standard pirate claws. So Peter climbed back down the ladder and followed the path of dirt that had carved the pattern of a giant butterfly stretching across the entire golf course. And there, at the eye of the butterfly, fluttered Madame Matriarch, looking at once very tired and very powerful. You did all this? Of course I did not. I had help from every creature on the golf course, except, of course, the golfers themselves. Still, wow. I also had a little help from you. Now, if you would, please take this letter to your employer. And Madame Matriarch flew off of the little piece of paper she'd been sitting on. Here, more inscrutable butter sign language. No, I had a grizzly bear friend of mine write it in English. Oh, yar, I had it upside down. And backwards. And I hadn't opened the envelope. Just give the message to Paul. I give up half my golf course and I get back one public park. And a fabulous mansion. How are we supposed to play golf in a public park? Four! <laughs> Ow. A stray frisbee flying through the air had just knocked Paul Ankylosaurus in the head. Fortunately, his solid bone protrusions were a bit tougher than a plastic disc. Sorry, old dino. The old froth disc got away from me. An old grizzly bear wearing puffy pants jogged up to them. Huh. 
Frolf, you say? Yeah, it's a great game. Only problem is no one wants to play with me, because I wear these puffy pants and checkered sweater vest. And a matching checkered scally cap? Yeah, I'd like to have it to be a uniform for my team of old frisbee golf players, if I had one. Paul Ankylosaurus tossed back the frisbee golf disc, and as that grizzly bear caught it, they saw a whole future friendship flash before their eyes. One with a great, big, beautiful public park, full of happy butterflies, gophers, grizzly bears, bumblebees, birds, and people. And bordering that park were many, many homes, and little shops, and shared green spaces, and one especially lovely little apartment for a very impressive monarch butterfly. Peter, I'm afraid I won't need your exterminator services. Ah, it's because of the grizzly bear, I knew it. But I could use your help on a little housing project. Let me just get my other wig... Hat. Hat. The end. Alex and Mark, thank you so much for your questions, and thank you all for listening. Folks at home, remember to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and tell a friend or family about the show. That really helps us keep going. You can also go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash whatifworld. You get ad-free episodes, you get a shout-out on the show, you get a better chance of getting your questions answered, and access to other great rewards, like some upcoming bonus audio. Fred the Dog here to shout-out Keelan, who turned 10 on July 24th. Happy belated birthday to you, Keelan. Wendyanna Jones, traveling through time to shout-out Isadora Sky. Because you are timeless. Me again, here to shout out Eliana. She loves my voice and how weird I am. And she just turned eight on August 7th. I hope you stay weird and get weirder. Dracomax is excited to shout out Jackson. He is the host of Podcast Burglars. A show he made with his dad, where he impersonates what-if world characters. That sounds like a really cool show. And I have one final woof-woof for Ella. She's from Decatur, Georgia. And I'm her favorite character. Thank you very much, Ella. And I'd like to thank Karen O'Keefe, my co-creator. My producer, Miss Lynn, who's been whipping up snazzy artwork for us lately. Craig Martinson for our theme song. And all you kids at home taking care of your green spaces so that we can all take turns enjoying them. And until we meet again, keep wondering.